The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. From Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank you for listening with us here today. I'm very glad that you have joined us on the Spirit of Recovery. And also, thank you so much for liking Spirit of Recovery on Facebook. We've got a Spirit of Recovery Facebook page. It's great to get those likes. It's great to uh, see you posting on our wall there, and great to know what's happening for you in your world, in your spiritual growth, in your recovery journey. Also, thank you so much for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community and your Unity community know about us here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. It's great to be broadcasting on the topic of recovery and spirituality here, and it's great to hear from you. Every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community. We have guests who are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative We have people who are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people, and we're always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You know that you can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. Of course, you can listen through your computer. You can listen through your smartphone. You can listen live, and you can also listen on demand. We've got lots of great archives. If you go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash Spirit of Recovery, you'll find uh, several years' worth of fantastic programs. The Spirit of Recovery is indeed a welcoming place so that everybody's welcome here to, of course, as listeners, to participate in the discussion if you've got a comment or a question for our guest on the topic. If you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're the family member or friend of someone that has the disease of addiction, perhaps you're in your own recovery as a family member or friend or not, that's okay. We're glad you're here. Uh, Maybe your uh, loved one is in recovery or not. Either way, everybody's welcome. Um, Maybe you're just curious about the process of recovery and you also are very welcome here on the Spirit of Recovery just to learn some more about it and to participate in our discussions if you choose. Again, my name is Anna Schaus and I am your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and an Addictions Counselor. I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And um, almost 33 years ago now, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development. And my walk continues to be an integration of the unity and the recovery principles. And that walk keeps richly transforming my life and keeps me growing in ever deeper ways. So again, I'm very grateful and delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and recovery walk. Today, we have a a very interesting topic, and I know one that's uh, dear to everybody's heart, and that's the topic of sort of how do you know 
and uh, what is knowing and, and uh, how does it help us live our lives. The topic today is Be Still and Know. And uh, we're going to be looking at some of these ideas. Uh, can we ever know ourselves completely? And, of course, probably we can't. But yet, when we are living in recovery, it means that we're continually willing to discover the goodness that lies within us that we're willing to discover that connection with that power, the higher power, God, spirituality, whatever phrase you use for that, your higher self. And we're willing to release old ways that maybe protected us at one time but now block us. We're going to be talking uh, again about the topic of prayer and meditation and about other ways that we can use to find that stillness and to make that connection with that spiritual power. My guest today is Richard C., and Richard is a person who's in long-term recovery um, since 1974, and uh, Richard also uh, has, incorporates a uh, various practices in his own process of personal growth. He is a Unity student. He's been, he is a Unity uh, teacher of Unity classes. He's been involved in the Unity uh, movement for over 17 years. He also is a teacher of Tai Chi and Qigong, and he teaches elders and um, really uh, has a lot of fun with that. He's going to be sharing that with us and how what a powerful practice that is, how helpful it is to him and to the people that he works with. He's also a person who attends and facilitates spiritual retreats. Richard's a blogger, and uh, you can uh, read his blog at Is There More Than the Steps? Dot blogspot.com, and that's spelled just the way it sounds. Is there more than the steps? There's no question mark, though. Is there more than the steps? Dot blogspot.com. So you can see uh, how Richard blogs. So, welcome, Richard, to Spirit of Recovery, and he's been my guest before. So, welcome back. Good afternoon, Anna. Boy, I got tired just listening to all that that I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> well, good. You can you can tell us how that's working for you. Yeah. Well, it got it got so bad that all these all these fun things I'm doing. I finally had to retire on the in the beginning of February. I decided to retire, and now I've gotten more busy trying to get quiet. Right. And and you've actually retired from. You've had three careers, but you had a career in over twenty five years in the Navy, over seventeen years with the Postal Service. So what did you just retire from? Because you'd already been retired from the Postal Service, right? Well, it's you know, the, the, wheel, the wheel of life always comes full circle. At the age of 11, I started my working career as a newspaper guy, and at the age of 71, I just retired as a newspaper guy. All right. Uh, out, there in the middle of, out there in the middle of the night throwing newspapers for the last 11 years. Okay. That's good. So you retired now from about your fourth or fifth career, so that's cool. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You're you're engaged if in life. Could, hmm? If I could teach Tai Chi and Qigong long enough, I may retire from that. I don't know. Oh, uh, I doubt it's it. It's good to be. It's good. It's good to be back on your program and to have such an uh, interesting topic. I know that the people of Unity and some of the other people in spiritual communities will hear that topic and just jump on it because being still and knowing is is really the beginning of life. I believe, just for myself. And uh, we have several uh, several elder people, and it, it, many times I'm the youngest one in one of my Tai Chi classes or Qigong classes, and these are elders that have worked all their life, have struggled, and now they're just at the point of exasperation, and they don't know what to do. So we calm them down, we quiet them down, and they are amazed at the resilience and the strength that's within themselves. You know, that's a, a really uh, interesting statement that you're talking about, Richard. You know, I've been um, looking lately at these uh, at books, various books about the later stages of life, and that's really what gets reflected in there is that – and I don't think it's just life stage. I, I think there's more, more than that, but it certainly does uh, become uh, important to us, like you said, when, once we retire and um, it seems like the outer activity isn't so much anymore – we we have to face a choice, don't we? We're either going to feel meaningless and empty and have an unproductive sort of sense of life is over, or we're going to do what you said. We're going to find that there's something inside of us that's good. I, I see. I see a lot of them coming. Uh, the generations that are getting ready to retire have worked hard and did their necessary physical and emotional activity, and just 
road right over roughshod the feelings, the deep feelings of anxiety and, and lack of confidence and emotional upheaval. They just walked right over the top of those because they had to go to work, they had to raise kids, they had to have a job, they had to, you know, the, the important things in life to them at that moment were, I have to exist. And then when that slows down and they start to retire, it's like, well, now, wait a minute, I have all this other stuff going on down a little deeper. How do I treat that? And they have no idea. Mm-hmm. And so you said that when you, the, and I'm assuming now you're talking about people that do choose to come to a spiritual practice, and it's a, a spiritual physical practice of uh, Tai Chi and Qigong. Is that, and you find that when they do that and they start to quiet down that, Life gets rich for them. Is that what happens? Tell us some, without betraying their anybody's uh, details or their privacy. What are some things that you've seen happen for people? We see people come to us usually in a matter of desperation. I, I, I see most of them coming as a matter of desperation. I'm at the end of my rope. My spouse has a, a debilitating illness. I'm a caregiver. Uh, I have no longer have a job. My spouse has just passed away, and I'm grieving. So they're really at the edge of life, and they don't know what to do. So they come into a Qigong class, primarily Qigong at least at that point, and the first thing we tell them is, stand still, we're going to meditate. And at that point, uh, the Taoist, the Taoist philosophy is to return to that which you are, and that's that quietness deep within us. We were born in the stillness of the water, and we're going to live in the stillness if, you know, if we'll allow ourselves. So we, we tell them, stand still. You're going to meditate. You're going to be quiet. You're going to just see what's inside of you. And just immediately, almost immediately, it's absolutely incredible. They start, the, the light comes on in their eyes, and it's like, wow, I didn't know I could do this, and I feel really good about this. And we haven't even started Qigong yet. We've just been meditating. So I see people that come and and have successes. We have people who have had physical repair. We have had people who have had a lot of emotional repair. People have just picked up their palate and walked. Just amazing. And you never even have to mention the Spirit of God. You never have to mention the Tao. You, all you got to do is get them quiet and stand still. And that's mm-hmm. the beginning of everything, in the quietness. Wow. Yeah, because we get connected with that true self, really, and become aware of it. And, and there's where the knowing comes in for myself. Uh, over the years, I've, I've thought about, uh, yes, there's a God, and I'm in the universe, and, and I've had a belief in a God, and, and, and it's called spirit, and, and the evolution of life went on within me. And then some time ago, I made the decision that I know at the deepest levels of my thinking, I know that the spirit of God is what's within me. And at that knowing... I began to get more healthy than I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this, Richard. Um, the Because you are a person in long-term recovery, you've been in a recovery program since 1974. So there's sort of an interesting thing, I think, that, that happens. I'm going to curious how you see this, is that when people get in recovery, and obviously you were a bit younger in 1974 than you are in 2014. So in some ways, as a much younger person, you had that opportunity to live on the edge of life at an early stage in life and to start peering into the inner life. So do you think that you uh, did do that at an earlier stage of life, that you started to be aware of that inner self or the presence of spirit maybe sooner than some people that didn't have to confront something as difficult as an addiction. I think that uh, those of us that got to recovery uh, in the younger years, in 32, uh, 34, uh, I think that we were given the opportunity to peer into that mystery. And I think, and I've been a friend of uh, Bill and Bob for, you know, since 1974, and all of the literature of that 12-step program directs me inwardly, directs me to find the God, to direct me to know. It directs me to do that. But I, I, it is my opinion that in the years before sobriety, in 1974, I had built such a wall of egotism 
and self-thinking uh, and fear and unknowing. I had such a messy emotional uh, piece of junk going on in my head that I think only fleetingly, only uh, every now and then did I actually look inside and see what was really there. Most of the time I looked inside and all I saw was a mass of fear. And then fear beget fear, beget fear, beget fear. So I didn't look inside a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, in my own personal case, all the way up to 10 and a half years of, of, uh, of not drinking, because I didn't call it sobriety, but not drinking, I was living a reduced egotistical life. I was doing 12 steps. I was doing, I was doing all the right things. I was sponsoring people. I was going to meetings. But it was kind of scary to sit down and look inside. And we know what Master, Meister Eckhart says, you know, the man's real trouble is he can't sit in a room by himself. And that was me. At 10 mm-hmm. and a half years, I took my fall from grace. Although I have never drank, I've done everything else possible to ruin my own life. And at that time, the abject fear was so horrendous that I, in fact, saw in my own thinking for myself, in my meditation, I saw the way, the truth, and the light, and it was within me. But again, it was only fleeting. For the next 10 years, I was to slip in and out of emotional, spiritual recovery and see my own shining star more than I saw the face of, of, of the divine. And it's only been in the last... 10 years that the, the, the wheel has turned to where I now feel the divine more than I feel myself. My little hmm. self. And I know that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. But it's just mm-hmm. taken so much time to get, even though I've been, I've been given the opportunity, I've been given the tools, I've been given the direction, I've been given the chance, I just haven't done it until, you know, later in life. Mm-hmm. What uh, propelled you into this third phase? that you're talking about of knowing yourself and being able to look within and become more still? Well, I attribute that to, to the living style that recovery and unity have, have given me. So when I entered unity, uh, uh, I had had no formal religious training. I had had no formal spiritual training other than the 12 steps. And the philosophy of unity along with recovery gave me the chance to start living the emotional, spiritual life that I really felt I wanted to live. And life has gone on since then, and life has gotten better because I've gotten better. It's, it's again, life begets life begets life. I get better, life gets better, I get better, I, life gets better. Don't get me wrong, there are momentary uh, anxiety moments there. There are momentary fears there that, you know, kind of take their toll, but you bounce back quicker. You bounce back faster. You know where you're supposed to be. You know what you're trying to do. And uh, that's only uh, occurred, I think, since I've put together the spiritual philosophy and lived the spiritual philosophy within unity and the 12 steps together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like what, you, what you're saying about that idea of uh, the sense that your sense of the, the divine has gotten, it's almost like the balance has tipped. Now that's stronger, and you know that's the, the grounding reality and the, the sort of outer self or human self or whatever you want to call it, you, you realize that's sort of not the ground anymore. You right. got it, right? And, and one, of the, one of my recent um, experiences... Okay, okay. hold on to that one. It's, it's time for our break. It's time for our break, so when we come okay. back... We're going to hear that experience and about how that happened. Listeners, stay with us. Our topic is Be Still and Know. My guest is Richard C., and we're talking about how to find that stillness within and that sense of self and our higher power. We'll be right back. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you.
What if you could transform your finances and energy level? Go from lack to loss, from low energy to high energy. What if it only took five minutes every day? Would you do it? Shift your patterns by listening to Jane's daily inspiring and life-changing messages. Join her global community online at www.ultimateprosperityplanners.com. Prosperity Jane, your personal prosperity cheerleader. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, my guest is Richard C., and our topic is Be Still and Know. We're talking about that um, idea of being in the quiet, of really listening, of allowing our mind to become still so that we can find that deeper place in ourselves, that connection with our spiritual power, and uh, to really hear and, and be at the very heart of our life. Richard is a person in long-term recovery. He's been in recovery since 1974. He's also uh, a teacher of Tai Chi and Qigong. He practices uh, those and has been for years. He's also a Unity student <clears throat> and has also um, teaches Unity classes and facilitates spiritual retreats. Uh, Richard is a blogger at isthermorethanthesteps.blogspot.com so you can see what he has to say there. Before Richard and I get back to our conversation, we're going to take a moment um, in the silence, take a moment, uh, the serenity minute, to be quiet and to uh, tune in to that sense of stillness. So I do invite you to relax. I invite you to take a breath and allow that peace and that presence that is the presence of your spiritual self, your higher power, God, whatever name you use for it. And be allow and allow that uh, peace to move through your body temple, to move through your mind, to open your heart. And share with me this constructive idea. As I rest in the stillness, I experience my higher power's healing presence. As I rest in the stillness, I experience my higher power's healing presence. And now we take a few moments in the quiet. for the Serenity Minute. And I trust that that was an opportunity for you to become still and to open up to that presence that is love. And now we're back to my conversation with my guest, Richard C. We're talking about Be Still and Know. 
So, Richard, before the break, uh, we were talking about that idea of uh, you were talking about there were sort of three, almost three phases in your life uh, since you got in recovery in 1974 uh, of early on maybe not being very comfortable uh, looking inside, kind of going through a, a different phase. And then that third phase where you were really getting uh, more comfortable and more consistent with that idea of looking within and experiencing the divine. And you said you had a story for us about that, about something that happened. Tell us your story. Thank you, Anna. And, uh, I am powerless over alcohol, and my name is Richard Curtis. I have no anonymity. Um, I actually have two. The one we're on break, I happened to get the sense the topic that we're on of be still and know. When I went to treatment, I started my, my recovery Anna, in uh, the jungle of uh, the Naval Air Station, QB Point in the Philippines. But to get to there, they had to put me in the psych ward. And there was the beginning of my quietness because nobody in the psych ward was able to talk. They were all on so many strong meds. And, and I wasn't. I was just there trying to dry out. But um, I was quiet. I was still. I had no choice. And now I'm on the other end teaching stillness. I just I thought that was kind of interesting. Here's mm-hmm. my story. 1993, I am just 19 years sober. Uh, again, part of that time is just non-drinking, not sober time. And it was my choice at that time based on my recovery and the way it was slipping down the drain to leave a 29-year marriage. It was not an easy decision. It was a hard decision. I had to make it in a year. It took me to make that decision and affect that decision. And that divorce over the next year and a half wrung me out at 19 years in this fellowship, just up and down like a ping pong ball, like a light switch. I was all over the place. I was not ready for the spiritual, emotional upheaval that that was going to cause in my life. And it took some very keen moments with my sponsor and the people of unity to keep me grounded to the point where I just did not fly off the planet. Uh, It was just a very tough time. Again, I wasn't able to be still because when I looked inside, it was the fears of of divorce. It was the fears of economics. It was the fears of I failed. I was the fears of I was my father again. You know, it was all those fears came back at 19 years of non-drinking. So fast forward to August, September of last year, I once again made the choice to leave a marriage, my second marriage. Uh, it was required. It was necessary for my own sanity and my own my own well-being. But I decided to reverse the process. Instead of darting in and having moments of silence, as I did back in 1993, I decided to be silent and dart in and have moments of craziness. <laughs> so that's August, September, October, November, December were very quiet by standards, very quiet for me. I did not have to go out and tell the world what I was doing, nor report to them. I did not have to report in Every meeting I went to, the craziness, I did not have to do anything but be quiet. Just mm-hmm. be quiet and be still. I worked with a professional who directed me into the stillness, into the quietness, to look for those qualities that I needed. And all that paid off in record time. The process was done and over with. I was able to move on. It was just the right thing to do to become still and then allow the noise every now and then to take over, but still remain still. So that's the lesson of 15 years of quietness. The lesson of I know, I know that deep within me is that stillness in the voice of God. So that's, uh, that's, my, that's my way I've been able to judge and gauge where I've, where I've been in 15 years. Right. Yeah, that's a, a really good uh, gauge because it does say, as you were bringing up earlier, that you are more firmly rooted and more firmly grounded in what what is the deeper reality of life and it's not the i mean life ups and downs and you know we're in it and that's okay but the the sanity and the reality is is that deeper place where you know that you're okay and and you know when i came to recovery uh, i had no spiritual training i had no religious training and i was able to tell my mother on her deathbed that that was the greatest thing she ever did for me because I could then learn, after not drinking, 
and watch people and, and pick up the very best parts of spirituality. But I found out in 1993 that the 12 steps, that's why my blog is, is there more than 12 steps or is there more than the steps? The God of my understanding that I came to know in 19 years and, and have tons of showing and hours of sharing and, and speaking and reading and doing step work, I myself as a finite entity was trying to define and know an infinite source. And it was impossible. I, I as a finite source cannot do that. However, I can go to the masses, which I call unity which I call recovery people within that spiritual community and look at their total example and know the infinite. So that, when I came to unity, it, it, it exploded in my recovery in the 12 steps. It just absolutely exploded. And today with, with my, my Tai Chi and Qigong and the Taoism on the other side, so between the Taoism, between unity wrapped up in the 12 steps, I'm probably in the best shape that I've ever been in my entire life, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. That's, that's really incredible. And I like what you said a minute ago about the idea of trying to know the infinite with our finite minds. And I, I see that. I've seen that in myself, and I see that, you know, as the spiritual journey goes on. Is that's almost a stage in it, and I'm, probably it recurs at many levels. But it's almost, it's paradox. It's like... That's kind of a, a strange attempt still to control, but but you can't stop it until you until you do. And then I don't know if we ever completely stop it, but and that's okay. But it, but you know what I mean? It's that's just part of the human journey. It's like, hey, okay, I'm I'm going to learn about God here, <laughs> and then and, you and, find and that really occurs. That really occurs if we can quiet that mind of ours down. Uh, I see in my own person, and I speak to myself only, nobody else, but. In my own personal time, 19, 20, 25 years of repeating the 12 steps, parroting the 12 steps, parroting the litany, parroting the, the rhetoric, parroting all that, some of it rubbing off onto my unconscious, rubbing off into my belief system that I've been creating, but never having been able to penetrate that area of subconscious or superconscious where I was supposed to be growing. Only after about 10, 15 years coupling unity together with the 12 steps, did I actually start feeling like I was a spiritual being. Until then, it was just like, that's nice. I'm powerless over alcohol. Okay, let's go on, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it was just parody. And I see that so in so much of the fellowship, uh, both, both fellowships that I attend, I see so much of that parroting, 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 parroting. And you, you watch their eyes, and the moment that the light comes on, you know that they know. And that is one of the most, if I ever, if I ever uh, uh, wanted to be a minister of any reason, it would be able to stand up front and watch all the little lights go on in their eyes. The opportunity that you have, you know, the lessons that you give and to have somebody go, Oh, oh I got it. That's magnificent. I've, I've seen it before. And it's just knowing is, is where it's at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, that that knowing that when people really do have that realization, again, I don't know if it's just one. I think it's many, many times we're always realizing in, in new ways and deeper ways. But it that's to me, that's a gift of grace. You can't make that happen. But you can put yourself in places like you do, you know, with with your various spiritual disciplines and working it so that you're cultivating your mind, you're cultivating your heart, you're cultivating your soul, whatever, until it kind of, it works. It's like the seed's in the ground, and one day it's going to blossom. How do you see that, how it works? How do, how do, you, how, how do people get it one day? One of, the, one of the keys, I think, you know, they say if you hang around a barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. I think if you hang around those people, uh, and those groups and those entities that are deeply spiritually moved and are loving enough to be able to share that, I think that's a leg up. I think that is a real head start for some people. I, the people who come to us in Tai Chi and Qigong, uh, there's a cadre of 10 to 15, maybe 20 people who all get it, who all understand that there is a deep knowing 
And they're not all unity people. Some are Catholic, some are Jews, some are Baptists, some are non-unity, some are unity, some are recovery, some are. It's really a mosaic. They get it. And when one walks into the fold uh, between hugs and, and sincere please comes back and helps of showing moves and meditating, that's a leg up for those people. They don't have to wonder how it works. They see how it works. Mm-hmm. And the people in the groups that I teach are more than ready to say, come to us, we'll love you. We don't care who you are. Now stand still, meditate, and then let's start moving. And the people, it's a real leg up. I think it's, it's the barbershop thing. If you hang around spiritually motivated, spiritually loving, open people long enough, you will become that after a matter of time. Right. Now, you talk about this idea. This is in your blog, and, and we've touched on a little bit today already, but this idea about knowing, uh, as we're talking about today, is a much deeper thing than uh, awareness of sort of right or wrong, or I should do this, or I should do that. What's the difference? What's, what is real knowing as you're talking about it as, as different from, okay, I ought to drive down this street and rather than that street or whatever? What's the difference? What's knowing? I'd almost uh, have to take a page out of Charles Fillmore's old, old material and say that I see there is three consciousness. There's conscious, subconscious, superconscious. And I believe that I operate in that, that vein today. Consciousness says that I will do the best I can and the subconscious every now and then gets its two cents worth in and says, well, you can do a little bit better if you do it this way. And then the superconscious will kick in and say, do it this way. This is the best. That is the knowing. That is the still small voice of God. That is what kicks in when I go within and I do my meditation and I do my interior work, especially in times of uh, a great sorrow or, or fear or any trepidation or emotional entanglement to get past that subconscious into the superconsciousness where God, as I understand it, my own personal God resides and says, this is the way. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no choices. There's no thinking about it. It's this is the way. And you can only, you can only hear that voice if you are quiet. Um, one of the things that I, I, I remember is from my, my buddy Rocco Erico uh, changed a little bit of a translation of Psalm 46.10, where it says, Be still and know that I am God. He put a verb in there, and it reads, Be still and know that I am is God. That just took me, the little me, right out of the equation. And I am being still to know that the I am of me is God. And that was the key to I had to know that I wasn't being still to listen to my conscious mind or even my unconscious mind, but to listen deeply to that superconscious mind. So that's where I think it's at. I think the knowing's in the superconsciousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really uh, really important to know that. And, and again, it takes a lot of surrender. It takes a lot of letting go. Uh, over time, whatever it takes, whatever it takes to let go into that place, doesn't it? Yeah, there's a, there's a line in the text of Alcoholics Anonymous on page 164 that is probably the key to all that for people in that form of recovery, and they don't even realize it as they read it, where it says, abandon yourself to God. Those four words are a spiritual practice that will lead me to the knowing that will lead me to that super consciousness. It will lead me right through my super, my consciousness down to that subconsciousness, right to the lap of God. Abandon myself to God. What a fabulous thing to do. Amazing. Stay with us. It's time for our break. Thank you, Richard, so much for what you're sharing with us today. Listeners, stay with us. Our topic is Be Still and Know. My guest is Richard C. We'll be right back.
God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you're with us today. If you're just joining us, our topic today is Be Still and Know. My guest is Richard C. We're talking about that stillness within us. We're talking about the inner life, about uh, opening ourselves up to that presence of our higher power within us. Richard is a person in long-term recovery since 1974. He practices unity principles. Um, he practices uh, 12-step principles. He is a practices and teaches Tai Chi and Qigong, and uh, he is... Uh, very much uh, open up to his inner life and really sharing some great stuff with us today. So, um, Richard, right before the break, we were talking again about what is that quality of knowing, and you were sharing with us a passage from the book Alcoholics Anonymous on page 164 about abandon yourself to God, and um, that is indeed powerful. You you wrote something on your blog um, back in February that is is a way of abandoning yourself to God. So I'm going to ask you about that and share. And that was about your uh, willingness, and you've even got a, a video clip on there, of you deciding to face your fears of cold water. Now, oh. <laughs> how is that abandoning yourself to God? What's that about? When I, when I was a child, my brother and I were taught to swim by my father in Lake Erie. And he had a rowboat, and we all went out in a rowboat, and he threw us in and said, okay, catch the boat. Well, now, Lake Erie is a very cold thing. And when you can't swim as a child, it's a very cold, scary thing. Uh, so that's the beginning of my cold water experience. I didn't like it. I, I did barely caught the boat. But then uh, between six and nine years old, I had a lot of illness and I had a lot of high fevers. And I would end up in a hospital with these nuns grabbing a hold of me. Let's see, ice water, okay, hot water. Ice water, hot water. I did not like ice bath. I don't care how big this nun was, but she was stuck me in that cold water. I didn't like it at all. So I simply grew up with this absolute mania against cold water. Um, And today, (laughs) cold water and I don't get along. But I went to the Gulf, and it was probably 60, 61 degrees. There's nobody in the water. And I love the Gulf of Mexico. I live very close to it. And every time I go to the beach, I got to jump in the water. Well, this time, I just took one look at it and said, okay, I know it's cold. God, if if you and I can go take a swim, then I'll kill two birds with one stone. I went and jumped in the water. Mm-hmm. And it was indeed cold. But it was exhilarating because in that moment, that leads me to the, the, the thought that abandoning myself to God is not a lifelong practice. It's a momentary thing of moments hooked together that will equal a life practice. I can abandon myself in, to God moment by moment by thought by thought. And that's what I had to do on that beach. Abandon myself and just say, it's okay, and go jump in the water. Mm-hmm. It was cold. <laughs> I guarantee yeah. it was cold. <laughs> and do you I love cold water it. now? Yeah. Ah. You love cold water now? I can step in the shower now when it's cold before it gets warm and not just uh-huh. dread with a horrid dread. I can do that now. Yeah. yeah. But you're probably I, not going to. Uh, 
I mean, there are some limits there. Come on now. <laughs> Absolutely. No. So I mean, but that's good. Is the point is, it's not. It's not like oh, this magic thing. Like I don't. I know I love cold water. It's like no, I can deal with it now. I know God's bigger than the cold water. But now I still, I'm still not going to go jump in the Gulf again when it's 50 degrees, huh? Is that? I read mm-hmm. the most most fascinating quote from Adishante this morning. He writes that he tries to make his passion what he's doing in the present moment. Therefore, there is no future and there is no past. So my passion in the present moment on that beach was I want to get in that water. That was my passion. I didn't care where I had been with nuns or in Lake Erie. I didn't care where I was going to be in life. I wanted to get in that water in that moment. And turning to that strength within me allowed me to go jump in. So I I just thought that that quote by Adashanti was just, just fabulous. Stay in the that's present moment, and there is no present. There is, or there is no future, and there is no past. That's where I abandon myself to God in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing uh, that comes to mind sometimes with that is that when we have had difficult things happen to us in life, uh, certainly we're, you know, we need to be aware of it and feel it and whatever we need to feel with that those memories and yet maybe what we bring forward with us really is the realization of just what you're talking about that that we've grown beyond it that god is god was with us then god's with us now and that the the amazing thing is that we're not stuck in whatever it was that we got hurt in absolutely and with all that knowing with all that coming to grips with uh, my unconsciousness thoughts and my fears the idea is that I am, in fact, a human being. At my center, in my essence of me, is that spirit of life. I understand that, and I know that. And I know that it's that center of me that directs me. I do also know that I am human. I have these moments when I conjure up fears when I shouldn't, and I have to take them to the divine quickly, quickly. And then they're, they're taken care of. So I have I, instead of browbeating myself and, and hating myself and not loving myself because I have fears every now and then, I've decided that as a human being, I'm allowed to. But as a human being in, in a spiritual recovery program and living a spiritual way of life, it requires me to abandon those fears to God in the present moment and get it over with and let's go on. Yeah. I really like that because sometimes I, I have noticed what can happen to us um, in when we're in a spiritual way of life, especially one that's really very so aspirational, I think, like unity uh, or many other spiritual paths too. We can get spirituality mixed up with perfectionism and, and people think, oh, well, I should yeah. t- talk. Oh, okay. Tell us more about that one. <laughs> Tell us about that, Richard. Well, I can, I can remember back uh... – Seven years in this fellowship, and uh, the, the golden flowing robes were on, the, the entourage of sponsees, and I floated around the, the uh, Maryland, the, the Baltimore-Washington uh, corridor as the, the guru of life. And uh, <laughs> I just knew, be still and know that I am Richard. Uh, <laughs> everybody looked up to me. <laughs> it was horrible. I walked into a meeting in Washington, and this old fellow looks and says, oh, look, there's St. Dickie himself. Uh-huh. I knew there was uh-huh. something wrong, you know. And that went uh-huh. on for another four years, went on for another 17 years, off and on. And now this, uh, this allowance for myself to know that I have my feet set in clay has pretty much stopped that stuff. Every now and then you have, but uh, pretty much stopped that stuff. Uh-huh. But we go through it. You're right. We go through this, hey, you know, I'm in unity. I'm in recovery. I'm economically sound, I've got a career, blah, blah, blah. How dare you think that I could fall? Uh, and, and usually my ego used to get out in front of me and say, come on, let's go. Uh, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you another story, Anna. Okay. <laughs> I can remember the day that I looked at my boss in the U.S. Postal Service and sneered right in her face and said, so what are you going to do, fire me? And... Uh, yeah, it took five months, but guess what? She fired me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I invaded the act. I, I mean, God, as I understand him, took care of me. But literally, 
my ego was so pushed out of shape, I had such a feeling of perfectionism that I was sneering at life. I was spitting in the face of life and, and letting God justify it for me. Oh, my goodness, what a dangerous place to be. Mm-hmm. Thank heavens I had some loving spiritual mentors around me uh, that would help me ground myself and then go on, uh, live through that and go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do have our feet set in clay. <laughs> yes, indeed, we do. We are we are quite human. And it's a gift, as you said, to have those people around us that will give us the feedback. That seems like where the real danger comes in is when we get into that kind of a mode and then we isolate ourselves. And then what that, that phrase, then we become a legend in our own mind <laughs> and nobody can yeah, exactly. intervene. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Of late, uh, since August, uh, I've, uh, since I left my marriage, I've had the opportunity to, to attend Catholic Mass. With, uh, with my partner. And uh, I don't know anything about Catholicism. I can't barely spell it. It's like Catholic, I think. I love cats, so it must be Catholics. Mm-hmm. But I'm learning, I'm learning to appreciate some of the mystery. Unity doesn't have a lot of mystery. There is a God. He's deep within you. Let's move on. That's it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but I'm learning to appreciate some of the mystery and the mysticism of the Spirit. Uh, and some of the ritual, I've learned to appreciate that. I've never had that in my entire life. So I think that I think that there are some corners of me as a rock that need to be smoothed over, and the spirit of life is going to do that through my willingness, through my ability to get out and experience some new and innovative things in my spiritual life. So I, I'm looking forward to that, and this is, this has been a real treat to be able to attend uh, both unity and uh, some masses. It's really great. Right. Yeah, that is wonderful. It, when we get stuck in spiritual arrogance in any way, boy, it's so damaging. And But when we see, obviously, God's present, obviously, everywhere in all things, it does. It really it really makes us part of life, doesn't it? So important. Well, my, my, own, my own experience is it's hard to see the shininess of the spirit of life when my own star is shining so brightly and that's all I see. Mm-hmm. I it, it does me no good at all. It's, it's better to go inside into that darkness, that mysticism, that high mysticism that uh, Nona Brooks used to write about and some of the old philosophy people used to write about that high mysticism and let the darkness envelop me and know that the pinpoint of life is the spirit that's going to just lift me up. You know, that's, that comes after the spiritual arrogance of long-term, sometimes long-term recovery, long-term spirituality, long-term everybody, long-term this, long-term that. It's like, isn't there anything new? It is. It's inside of me. That's where the newness is. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad you said that because that, again, what you're talking about is something that happens so often on the spiritual path. Just like you said, we'll get to a point and then we start looking around outside and thinking, oh, what's some new kind of uh, gimmick or whatever? And we, and we may not think of it that way, which is different from being open, like what you're saying, like as you're going to the Catholic Church and enjoying that. But it's more that sense of, I, th- I think what it is, is we reach a, a roadblock inside of ourselves. It's too uncomfortable or scary to look inside, so we go looking around outside to find a new bobble and, and uh, take a little detour there. And, and sometimes, you know, as, uh, as Yoga Berry say, when they come to the fork on the road, take one, you know. Uh, you, you can't do anything wrong. No matter which way you go, you're going to come out right. One is mm-hmm. just going to be a little bit more fun than the other, I think. But uh, so far, the, the forks on the road that Spirit's guided me through, they've been okay. That's uh, right. And, and I, I can only assume that if I stay in the present moment, with my, my passion fixed in the present moment, that it's going to continue that way, I, I would think. For sure. Yeah, like I said, we just, if we keep, at least if we keep going, that we'll reach, we'll reach an end to whatever, and it'll, it'll pass, or we'll, we'll find the place, because God's always within us. So we can, we're nev- not ever really lost. That's pretty cool. That's and, cool. And it's redefining and reassuring myself that I and my finite self, my finite thinking, which is finite, that I cannot explain nor understand 
the totality of the infinite. That is a realization I have to remember every day. Richard, our time is up. It's hard to believe it has gone fast. Yeah. Thank you so much Boy. for being with us today. Yeah, it's been great. And um, thank you for sharing your journey so openly. And thank you for um, doing the work for abandoning yourself to God. Appreciate you being here. Thank you so very much, Anna. And, you know, our conversations, I just can only pray and know that somebody will hear something that will turn them on their path. And that's what it's all about, sharing with one another. That's right. It, it, it definitely is. And appreciate you sharing. And listeners, thank you so much for being with us today. Our topic has been Be Still and Know. My guest is Richard C., person in long-term recovery who's dedicated to a spiritual practice. And uh, I want to thank all of you for listening with us today. We'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy, real excitement, that feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you, then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, It's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. 
Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Rev. Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.